Hello and welcome to Sound of Play 268. Wednesday and Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. My name is Ryan Heyman, and joining me in Sound of Play 268 is nobody. It's just me and you today. We're going through some uh, submissions from games that I've been playing recently. I hope it's not too self-indulgent, but there's been some wonderful music, and I thought that's a nice enough theme to kind of tie it all in with, as well as some listener requests, um, also from games that I've been playing this year. So, Let's uh, let's get into it. There's going to be a lot of recent tracks in here with maybe one or two older ones, but um, for the most part, we're going to be grounding ourselves in 2020, 2019-ish games for the most part. The first track that we played on the way in is a track called Fifi Fellow, which was composed by Raphael Benjamin Meyer from the point-and-click adventure mystery game Tangle Tower, which came out last year, which is a, a wonderful game. I've... Um, I, I started it right when it came out last year. Uh, it debuted on Apple Arcade, maybe even at the time that Apple Arcade started. That, that might have been one of the launch titles for Apple Arcade. Um, but I had been playing it on uh, on iPad and had 
really enjoyed what I played of it so far. Um, but I just never really took the time to sit down and really kind of dedicate myself. You know, iPad was always kind of a do it in the background while watching a movie or doing something else type of system. And so I got a lot of, you know, more gameplay oriented types of games played, but a game like this, that's all about, um, reading and voice acting and really kind of following a story, solving a mystery, uh, kind of fell to the wayside. And I'm, I'm sorry that it did because it's an, uh, really incredible game. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I very highly recommend that people track this down either through Apple Arcade or via the Nintendo Switch or PC. It's a really lovely point-and-click adventure game. Um, it's uh, it all takes place in a kind of uh, kind of Edith Finch type house called Tangle Tower, where there are two uh, kind of conjoining towers joined by one lobby. Each of the towers is a home to a different family. The the two families kind of living more or less under one roof, and they don't always get along. Anyways, one of them ended up dead, and it's up to us to kind of travel through this house and interview um, all of the residents there and, and try to, you know, gather evidence and detect uh, contradictions in their stories and solve puzzles to open up, you know, additional evidence pieces and it's a it's really good fun it's um if if you were like uh danganronpa or paradise killer recently or phoenix Wright uh, more distantly this game is going to be right up your alley kind of follows on um uh, later alligator another point and click adventure game uh from recent years for having just the most delightfully animated characters every character is extremely expressive very very creatively designed uh, just a pleasure to look at, you know, every action that they take, every animation, uh, the voices match so well. It's just a, just a real delight, um, all throughout. And the music as well was better than it needed to be. <laughs> I'll say that it's, um, you'll hear, uh, you, or I guess you have heard a bit of that already. Uh, Fifi fellow is a scientist character and you can hear, uh, some sort of bubbling potions and stuff throughout this very eclectic piece of music that you've listened to here. Um, the entire soundtrack is very whimsical with a hint of darkness. Uh, it feels um, almost like a Harry Potter music score. You know, it has that little touch of uh, mischief to it and that touch of magic as well. And um, it's, uh, it, it's a good description for the game overall. There's kind of a loosely supernatural element to it but it's all kind of grounded in a very kind of cartoonish but uh at the same time very kind of structured reality that uh it's just um yeah it's 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 really really neat the characters are very funny the writing is very good uh just like the pure interaction with the scene um is is excellent you know it's one of those where you can tap on pretty much anything in the environment and the characters will have something to say about it uh, it's, um, yeah, it, it's a real pleasure. And if you're already paying for Apple Arcade, you literally are already paying for it. So why not just go sit down, play it? You can probably finish it in like, uh, I'd say two or three long sittings if, um, if you really want to blitz through it, but it's a nice kind of, you know, before bed type of game as well. That'll last you a little while. So anyways, yep. That is Tangle Tower, Fifi Fellow. Um, that is by SFB Games. Go and track that one down. Next, we have a request from the forum for another 
Apple Arcade point-and-click adventure, which I've played probably an hour of. This comes from Richard from the forum, who says, Amanita Design is well-known for its beautiful point-and-click adventure games, and their newest release, Creeks, fits right in with the rest of their work. Though the mechanics are a bit of a departure, more of a puzzle platformer this time around, the art design, atmosphere, and tone of the game make for a wonderful and immersive experience. Joe Axian's mellow soundtrack completes the package and perfectly captures the feeling of being lost inside a complex and intricate hand-built wind-up machine. Indeed, as you mentioned, this is a bit of a puzzle platformer as opposed to the typical Amanita design fair of a point-and-click adventure, although it still has a lot of the same kind of uh, logic-type puzzles of a point-and-click. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really loving the sound design and the music, of course. That's kind of the Amanita staple. Um, the art direction is very pretty as well. I'm, uh, I'm not loving the controls on iPad, and so I'm thinking if I am going to return to it, which I'm not entirely sure whether or not I'm going to at this point, um, I'll return to it with a, with a controller. But uh, yeah, you know, I kind of wish it was just a standard point and click, just because those play really nicely on touch screens anyways. Or that when I said I wasn't going to return to it, that's not to say that I didn't like it. You know, there's I think there's a lot to like about it um but it just kind of feels like at this point probably about an hour in i'm doing kind of a lot of the same types of puzzles over and over again so knowing amanita i'm sure it'll kind of open up a little bit later on but uh for now i kind of feel like i've seen what the game has to show at least at this early point so i might return might not we'll see but anyways this is row bridges by hidden orchestra which is uh joe axian's i guess composition name from Creeks.
to 2020 Games Down, another one to go. This is another handheld game. This is from uh, Paper Mario, The Origami King, which I have again been playing very recently. It's a real kind of charming and and delightful, um, I guess an RPG, super, super, super light RPG. Um, It's it's really, uh, I mean, very little friction involved. It's a a game that lets you just kind of flow right through it like butter. Um, Not to say that it's particularly quick. There's quite a bit of backtracking and time wasting for my taste, to be honest. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, there's enough, uh, there's enough like charming moments to kind of keep me going. But at the same time, I do feel like it is wasting quite a bit of my time as well. So yeah, I'm kind of 50, 50 on it at this point. Um, it is very slow. It is not that engaging on a gameplay perspective, but it is also very nice to just kind of walk around the worlds and, you know, see all the papercraft stuff, hit it with a hammer. I don't really enjoy the battle system, but it's also pretty easy. So it's uh, not not that big of a hurdle. I guess that's kind of a tacit endorsement in a way. Endorsement with, with reservations. I don't know if it was worth the full $60 I paid for it, but eh, I used a gift card. That's all right. Anyways, this is Red Streamer Battle by Yoshito Sekigawa. Sho Murakami, Yoshiaki Kimura, Hiroki Morishita, and Fumihiro Isobi. And boy, when I heard this near the beginning of the game, this is uh, uh, the battle theme from the first kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe fifth of the game. Um, It switches out the battle themes as you kind of progress to later sections, but um, this is uh, one that hit pretty early on, and I have to say, I really fell in love with this track right off the bat. It's a very playful, very upbeat, has a nice, fun tune to it. It's got some of that uh, kind of fun shaft guitar effect going on a little bit. It's very, yeah, very funky. Good soundtrack overall, really enjoying that aspect of it. Uh, I hope that uh, you like this too. This is Red Streamer Battle.
same weekend recently that I decided to um, set aside some time and finish off Tangle Tower, which is something that I'd been kind of neglecting for a long time. I'd always been eating at the back of my mind. I really love that game. I wish I could, uh, you know, have the um, the discipline to sit down and just kind of focus my attention on it for a little while and finish it off. Uh, the same weekend, I did the same thing with another very uh, long title, another RPG, actually. I, I finally finished, after 71 hours, uh, Yakuza 0. And this is another request from Dom's Beard. Dom's Beard has quite a few requests on this show. I guess we've just been playing the same games. <laughs> Dom's Beard says, Favorite dance-off tune? Yes, indeed, this is called Koi no Disco Queen by Metal Ryu from Yakuza 0. It's one of the dis- disco club tracks. And um, yeah, gosh, what more needs to be said about Yakuza 0? If you played the game, you can picture exactly where this song plays and I hope it'll be a fun little trip down memory lane for those of you who have played Yakuza 0. If not, it's available on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. The uh, latter two uh, through Game Pass if you're curious and um, don't want to pay extra for it. Although Yakuza 0, I guess especially on PC and uh, probably PS4 as well, comes down in price to like virtually nothing all the time. So you can find it for very, very cheap. And um, like I said, I got 71 hours out of it. Yeah, again, not going to say that every single moment of gameplay was as fun as every other moment, but, um, you know, had a great story, uh, some wonderful cinematic design, which is good because the latter half of the game was more or less walking between cutscenes, you know, two hours of cutscenes, 12 minutes of gameplay, that kind of thing. You know, it's a it's a it's a Metal Gear style game in in portions of it. Anyways, this is Yakuza Zero Point of Discovery.
RPG, one that I just started last night, actually, as of the time of recording. Found a, a good deal on this one recently, and so I decided to, uh, to purchase and download it because it's one that had uh, piqued my curiosity after playing Disco Elysium last year, which I think was a lot of people's intro to the CRPG genre. Um, I'm, uh, I was curious to dive back in. I currently have uh, uh, Wasteland 3 and Crusader Kings 3 installed on my hard drive uh, through Game Pass, but um, couldn't help but uh, also pick up Desperados 3. A lot of, uh, a lot of 3 CRPGs recently kind of funny. I don't know if that's, uh, there's some kind of weird synchronicity there. Anyways, Desperados 3 is a, let's think of the best way to put this. This is a CRPG from an isometric perspective where it's, uh, um, with a stealth focus, uh, but set in the old West. So you're kind of playing cowboys and stuff. And so far I'm maybe, uh, four or five levels into it really fun. The the environments are beautiful. The gameplay is super addictive. It's super fun. Um, it's, it's one of those games that encourages you to kind of save scum your way through its encounters. Uh, but like it's built kind of around those systems and not to say that things are cheap and things are out there to kind of like catch you in traps or anything like that. Like just the opposite. It gives you uh, so much visual information and uh, it's more about kind of executing on it because unlike a lot of other stealth-based um, tactics games, it's not turn-based. Um, this one is real time. And so you're kind of sneaking your way through. It feels kind of like a um, like an RTS Hitman game uh, in a way. But yeah, it has kind of Mark of the Ninja levels of information that it gives you. And, and all the systems are just so satisfying, come together so well. Um, if you played Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shogun, it's uh, by the same team, has a very similar style. So yeah, I'm, uh, I, again, can't recommend this one highly enough. Uh, super interesting just to see a, another game kind of set in the Wild West that couldn't be more different uh, to Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a very similar kind of like visual theming, but again, like the gameplay is just so unique and um, and very cool. So uh, this is the track that plays right when you boot up the game, uh, right up onto the main, um, the main title screen. This is the Desperados 3 main theme, and it's a banger. It is by Filippo Picaz from Desperados 3. <laughs>
was Desperados 3. Very cool game. Again, I recommend picking it up. It's a real kind of nice balance of a variety of stages from levels that are more kind of like straightforward linear progression paths that just kind of have one objective at the end to others that kind of open up more like Hitman stages with um, multiple objectives and more kind of open sandbox maps. Uh, Extremely cool. Um, if you are into stealth games and, um, you know, particularly forgiving (laughs) stealth games, let's say there are multiple difficulty levels and assist modes you can turn on and turn off, and you can even granularly adjust the uh, different challenge levels within the, um, within the difficulties. Yeah. Anyways, recommended. Give it a go. If you want to put your cowboy hat back on another request from Dom's beard, who says, Moved my youngest from a cot to a toddler bed at the start of lockdown, which was a difficult transition. One of my early memories on a particularly early morning of him being up too early was popping Animal Crossing on and hearing this lovely, joyful piece of music. It made me smile, even though I was in the midst of grumpy, tired time at the time. Indeed, this is from Animal Crossing New Horizons in the tradition of the series. It features different background music that plays every hour. And so there are some of them that you're, that you're going to be hearing again and again as you kind of play with your uh, your regular rhythm of um, of Animal Crossing, checking your town and being disappointed that uh, that crazy red isn't there. But uh, this is a track that I had not encountered in-game before because it's at one of those ungodly hours. This is 5 a.m. <laughs> Can't imagine many people would have heard this, but uh, it's it's a beautiful piece of music, and I'm really glad that Dom, uh, Dom's beard <laughs> put it forward. Thank you. 
As I said, this uh, selection of music is from games I've been playing this year. I have been playing quite a bit of Animal Crossing. I think I've just about broken the habit, though. I haven't really been getting much joy from it for the last couple months. And uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of the first time I'm walking away from an Animal Crossing game with a pretty negative opinion of it overall. I just haven't really enjoyed this one as much as uh, uh, any of the previous ones that I played. Loved the GameCube game, um, big fan of the 3DS game, and you know the others are are good too, but um, you know, New Leaf was really one that I stuck with for for years and years. Um, but uh, yeah, New Horizons, just not really caring for it at this point, which is uh, kind of too bad. You win some, you lose some, that's okay. Plenty of people are getting a lot out of it, and I'm happy to see that there's some very impressive villages that I get a lot of joy in. This next track is a little bit of a looser connection to the theme, This is a track from Alan Wake to celebrate the Control DLC, the AWE, or AWE. I I assume it's an acronym because it's all capitals and I assume it means Alan Wake Expansion, but I know that has other meanings in the fiction of the game, but um, within the kind of meta of it, uh, Alan Wake Expansion is what I'm going to be referring to it as. Um, But this is a track from the original Alan Wake from 2010. wonderful wonderful game from remedy uh i uh it's one that i've been really meaning to revisit i played it on pc originally a long time ago back before i had my you know more powerful beefy pc so i had to turn graphics down and even then it was running a little a uh, little shaky you know it, it did on console as well i think it pushed the xbox 360 farther than it was comfortable going but um i haven't revisited it either as backwards compatibility on uh, xbox one or on a beefier computer I'm kind of wondering how well it's going to hold up. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll go back to it, but I just remember being just a, a great, uh, great horror game without being, you know, kind of off-puttingly scary. I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to horror games, which you'd never guess based on my affinity for Halloween. But uh, yeah, can't really, uh, can't really do them. Uh, and I'm going to be hosting the PT podcast in uh, just about a month or so. So wish me luck. <laughs> Anyways, this is a beautiful piece of music called Tom the Diver by Petri Alonco from Alan Wake. Uh, we played some Alan Wake music on the podcast before, not this particular track, and it's a real standout. So here is Tom the Diver.
also a request from Dom's Beard. This comes from a game that I've, uh, that I've again finished pretty recently. This is from The Last of Us Part 2. Dom's Beard says, This theme plays in a couple poignant scenes, which we obviously cannot talk about, but is a powerful piece of music based on the cycle of violence. Yeah, again, um, I'm, uh, I was generally pretty positive on this game. Uh, you know, it's probably a, you know, a pretty solid 7 out of 10 for me. Overall, of course, a technical marvel and a very impressive title. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The story was a little kind of meandering at times um, and didn't really pick up steam until you started meeting more interesting characters, probably about halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through the story. Um, and then once uh, once those characters kind of enter the fray, then I was uh, a lot more on board and it really kind of remained at that kind of higher, stronger level through the end of the game. It's a uh, very prominent release this year, and uh, I really, really like this selection of music. It's a, again, a beautiful piece and a very haunting piece as well. It's, um, it feels kind of electronic in a way. It feels very kind of like deep, bassy, pulsy, and uh, um, unnatural. I really like that. This is Eye for an Eye by Gustavo Santola from The Last of Us Part Two. have one more piece of music left to listen to today but remember before we do that you can venture over to our forum at canonrinse.com slash forum or our twitter at canonrinse 
and uh, request favorites from your uh, favorite video game soundtracks over there. We'll play them on a future show. We have other podcasts on the network. We already talked, uh, or I guess briefly talked around the Kane and Rinse podcast, which comes out on Mondays. Uh, keep your eyes open for a couple of Halloween-themed shows coming up. Not Halloween-themed in the way that we do it here on Sound of Play, but uh, um, spookier games for the month of October. We've got uh, some, some good stuff in the immediate future. Uh, we have Playwright on Thursdays, where Ryan Quintel and myself workshop entirely original and oftentimes very stupid video game ideas until they come out to something that seems at least somewhat feasible. And the Sausage Factory on Fridays, where Chris interviews people who create video games. And if you've enjoyed this show or any of the other shows on our network, we um, always appreciate any uh, contributions over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash cane and rinse. Anyways, the last track of the show is actually a bit of a throwback to something that we used to do that we don't really do anymore. Um, I had done, I think, three shows in a kind of experimental style, kind of based on the uh, uh, Song Exploder podcast, where they kind of take, you know, the music stems from popular pieces of music and uh, break them down one by one, let you kind of listen to things in isolation in ways that you never would before and really kind of detail just what makes them interesting, what kind of allow you to hear a song from the inside out. And I had uh, done a few shows like that um, using auto chiptune music is actually pretty easy to de decompile and to hear the different uh, waveforms that compose it. And it's, uh, I, I found it very interesting to, you know, to kind of uh, mix and match the uh, the different layers like that. And um, yeah, makes me appreciate things that I'd never heard before in tracks that I was already familiar with. We ended up moving away from that because, uh, yeah, some members of the team felt that it was kind of straying from the original formula a little bit too much. You know, Sound of Play is already a little bit more of a variety show than a lot of people are uh, super comfortable with. So um, yeah, we, we scaled that back, you know, fair enough. Um, but, uh, there have been a couple requests to get back into that kind of thing, uh, in the time since. And so as a, a bit of an, an indulgence, I'm going to be doing something kind of similar in this last, um, few minutes as we're kind of playing ourselves out. So if this isn't your kind of thing, feel free to go ahead and turn off the podcast. But, uh, for now, let's listen through the various instruments of jump up superstar from super Mario Odyssey. Uh, we have uh, some stems actually recovered from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, in which, uh, because of the way that the uh, Super Mario Odyssey stage works there, in which you are collecting the various performers who um, add their their instruments to the, the music that's being played kind of in real time, it's easy to kind of extract those files separately from the, the game data. So um, it's a nice way of kind of listening to you know, bits and chunks and pieces of Jump Up Superstar. So I'm not going to be doing any more talking throughout. Uh, it's just going to be the music playing us out. But I am going to kind of um, uh, play portions of the song and let each of the instruments really kind of play by themselves. The, uh, the, the tracks are the bass line, which has some sound effects as well mixed in, the drums, the piano and guitar, which are together, the trumpet, uh, I mean, more or less just the brass section, and then the vocals. And uh, I think at the end of it, we'll let them all come together, or maybe we'll kind of play with um, with some uh, different kind of custom mixes as well. But uh, this will be the rest of the podcast. Um, might go on for a little while just to give each 
part, It's Time to Shine, but uh, I hope you'll enjoy it anyways. And if you don't, um, we'll catch you again next week for another regular Sound of Play. So anyways, jump up, Superstar, Super Mario Odyssey 2017. We'll catch you later.
It's time to raise our sails. It's freedom like you never knew. Bags or a pass. Say the word, I'll be there in a flash. You could say my hat is off to you. Oh, we can zoom all the way to the moon from this great wide wacky world. Jump with me, grab coins with me. Oh yeah! It's time to jump up in the air. Jump up, don't be scared. Jump up and your cares will soar away. Jump up in the air Jump up, don't be scared Jump up 